notice that most of our songs this morning had to do with grace. We planned that way because I want to be locked in your mind the message of the grace of God. And it is astounding. And the Bible says it is abounding, this grace that God bestows on us. It is astounding because when you look at the definition you see, I'm astounded by something. You you walk out the front door and you expect to see cars and you don't see them. You see three elephants standing over here. And that's astounding. Surprising. Shocking in that focus. Or also to 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 be highly impressive is to be astounded. I've been astounded by a few things. Not many, but a few things. I've seen some things that are just astounding, amazing in their view, some in this country, some out of this country. I also know what it means to abound. Abound is to, is to, is to exist in large numbers, be oversized in amount. Abundance is a good word to convey as close as we can what it is to be abounding. Very, very plentiful is abounding. And that's what God's grace is. It's astounding that God would bestow His grace on you and me. It's shocking that He would do it. Why would God look at fallen sinful man and make a provision for mankind to come into salvation and have eternal life? He didn't have to do that. He was not required to do that. But out of the abundance of his love, he chose to do that. So the first greatest expression, although the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, the real experience of grace is that God sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us and provide a plan of salvation that we did not deserve to have or receive. So grace in Christian theology is defined as the love and mercy given to us by God because God desires us to have it, not because of anything that we have done to earn it. There is no way that you can pay for, no way that you can earn, No way that you can deserve the grace of God. It wouldn't be grace if that were true. Grace is favor. Favor is unexpected, undeserved. Favor. The free and undeserved help that God gives us to respond to his call to become children of God, adoptive sons, partakers of the divine nature and receivers of eternal life. That's grace. Grace something you can never have. You can have it. That's not the right terminology. Grace something that you can never receive on your own. You can't receive it because of who you are. You can't receive it because of anything you've done. You can't receive it because of anything you bought. You can't receive it because of anything you have. 
You receive God's grace only because God's favor comes upon you in the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ that provides your salvation. And salvation is by grace, through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift of God. Not of works, not of any kind of works, so that no man can boast. So the salvation that you and I have is something we do not deserve. We should not have it. If everything were right and balanced as it ought to be, and, and, and everything received the exact reward it ought to have, you and I would not be saved. We wouldn't be bound for heaven. We'd be bound for hell. But God chose to give us grace. God chose to give us grace. I get, I, I, I'm surprised. I'm not, maybe I'm not surprised. I'm amazed, I would say, sometimes at the things people think they deserve. You know, there's, a, there's an ad from some law firm, personal injury law firm, that says, never settle for less than you deserve. God, I hope you don't give me what I deserve. Please don't ever do that, Lord. Don't ever give me what I deserve, Lord God. Give me what your grace provides, not what I deserve. I don't, you know, people talk about their rights. I've got my rights. All I want is what I deserve. I hope you get it someday if you want it. You're going to be shocked at what it is. It ain't much and nothing worth having. But what is worth having is what God just decides by his own favor and love to give you freely. To freely give you. And that's his salvation through grace. By grace are you saved. It's a spontaneous gift from God. Generous, free, totally unexpected and totally undeserved, the grace of God. Romans chapter 5, this is starting in verse 6, and then I'm going to go to verse, read verse 8 through 11. This is important about the message of grace. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. That's what he's done for us. And then he goes on to say, and Paul is writing this to the Romans, he goes on to say further on in that chapter, where sin abounded, the abounding grace of God came in. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. But there were some folks who decided that they'd take advantage of that. Well, wow, if God's grace is great over all sin, then the more we sin, the more grace there will be. And Paul said, God forbid. Let it not be so. Never. Never. 
surprising about grace to me is, is the Christians who cannot, cannot, Christians who cannot truly, totally accept that God's grace is for them, that God's grace covers everything for them. There are Christians who still struggle with guilt. I'm not talking about the sin they committed yesterday. I'm talking about the sins they committed before they got saved. He said there's a provision for those who fall even after being saved. There's a provision in the Word of God. But what we have to do, first of all, is accept God's grace and let Him forgive our sins of the past. Many people haven't forgiven themselves, and therefore they don't believe God has forgiven them. You struggle. Some of you struggle with things that you did long ago that really are under the blood, but you haven't allowed them to stay there. You think God is holding it against you, and the truth is you're the only one holding on to it. God's already let it go. He's already delivered you. He's already set you free. But if you don't want to be free, you just keep holding on to those old sins from the past. That's unbelief. Not only, not only doubt, that's unbelief. You've got to turn those things that God has set you free from, you've got to turn those things loose and let them go. Now, if God delivered you from something that you're still living in and trying to still have what God set you free from, that's another matter. I'm talking about letting those things that God has already forgiven come up to trouble you and bother you and keep you out of victory with the Lord. But God has buried your sins under the blood of Jesus by His grace. And remember, you didn't earn it. I heard somebody else say that who wasn't telling the truth. You didn't earn it. You didn't build your... Well, I won't get into that. I'll just say... There are some things. There's nothing about salvation you've ever earned. Nothing. And therefore, if you haven't earned it, some people feel like, well, I don't really have it. That's the furthest thing from the gospel. You have it because God gave it to you. And you are forgiven by the blood of Jesus because of His grace. There's no other way to be forgiven and you have to allow it to happen. So if you're still holding on to it, You'll never be totally free. You've got to turn that loose and see your past sins as God sees them. Gone. Wiped away, washed away, cleansed. And forgotten. It's a peculiar thing about God where we're not able to totally forget. And I'm not saying you'll forget those things. I'm saying you have to treat them as though they never happened because God looks at them as never having happened. Once he has forgiven you, you are justified. And that means he looks at you as your whole past being wiped out, washed away, erased. You're made whole in the grace of God. I, I don't know why this song came to my attention. I don't remember how it came to my attention. It, it must be an old, old song. I didn't know it until not long ago, and I started listening to it. It's kind of a little... Uh, a little country sound to it, a little, well, anyway, it is what it is. I want you to hear the message out there. I want you to listen to this song and hear the message of this song as it plays for you right now. One second, two seconds, three seconds. <laughs> this is a uh, 
this is a song, I, I think this is sung by, it's a gospel quartet singing this song. And uh, as you'll hear it, it's southern, it's southern gospel, country-style music, but that doesn't matter. It's entertaining, but it has a message that I really want you to grasp, and I want you to, I want you to understand and realize it. It's, the song is called, What Sins Are You Talking About? What sins are you talking about? I think if you can't play it, put the words on the screen. I can read them. I'll be better anyway. So, what sins are you talking about? I remember the days when I was bent low with the burden of sin and strife. Then Jesus came in and rescued me and gave me a brand new life. Now as I thank him day after day for washing my sins away, it seems I can almost hear his voice the voice of the blessed Savior say, What sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. What the book from the book of life, they've all been torn out. I don't remember them anymore. When the flesh becomes weak, it's then I can speak to the Savior who's with me each day. Oh Father, forgive me. Hear my plea. He washed my sins away. Each time that I bow to give him thanks for removing my guilt and shame, he cannot recall what I'm talking about, for his answer is always the same. What sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. From the book of life, they've all been torn out. I don't remember them anymore. God doesn't remember the sins that torment you. The sins that still bother you, that you still let hold on and anchor you down. God doesn't even remember them anymore. That's the grace of God. That's the powerful, wonderful, overwhelming, eternal, matchless, unending, incomparable grace of God. That you are forgiven in his presence today. If you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's all it takes to come to him and say yes to him. And when that happens, this is what he will do. He will have compassion on us and will conquer or subdue our iniquities. He will cast all our sins into the depth of the sea. He will bury them so far in the depth of the sea that they can never be brought up again. Bible says in Psalm 103, which I think is one of the greatest of all the Psalms. It's the one that starts out, bless the Lord on my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And down in the, in, into that Psalm, there's a passage that says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I don't know how far it is from the east to the west. That's east, and that's west. I don't know how far that stretches out into the vast eternity of space. I don't know. But I do know this. 
the east is so far from the west in the view of God and the mind of God, he uses it to say, that's how far I've taken your transgressions from you. That's far, how far I've removed your sins and taken them away from you. I have buried them in the sea of forgetfulness, he said in Micah. And then in Psalm 103, he says, I've removed them from you as far as the east is from the west. Because I have delivered you from your past and from your sins, and I have set you free. I have set you free. We have none of us deserved the grace of God because we cannot deserve it. Because it's undeserved, unmerited, unwarranted, and should be unexpected. But by the word of God, we know we have a right to expect and to receive the grace of God. I'm going to tell you one little, one little thing. And I, I've told this before. This, this, is, this was between me and well, a precious lady that I loved. She's, she doesn't live here anymore. But I loved her when she was here, and I love her now. She's a precious lady, precious Christian lady. I talked to her many times about questions that she had and concerns that she had and tried to answer things that she brought to me. I can tell you a lot of questions she asked me. That's not my point right now, though. Her husband died. And he had never come to church. I never saw him in church. When I went to his house, I felt like I was unwelcome. I felt like I had to get him to say hello, drag it out of him. Never had a, a, a positive response from him. The times that I went to their house, the times I talked to him. So he died. But before he died, he was in hospice. And two of our men... At different times, went to see him. And the first one that went to see him and, and talked to him about receiving the Lord because the man was about to die. And he talked about receiving the Lord. And he actually confessed Christ and received the Lord as a Savior. And then another one of our brethren went over later on and talked again. He, had, he, confessed, he, had, he confessed he'd received the Lord. I've been, I've been saved. And then in a short while later, he died. I never saw him in church, but the dying thief didn't ever get to church either. So I... So, oh, so when he died on Sunday afternoon, I called my precious sister, my beloved sister. She, as I said, she was in and she is now. And I said to her, dear, I, I want to tell you how sorry I am to know that uh, you died. I heard that just a little while ago, and I want to talk to you, let you know I'm here to encourage you and bless you and help you. And she, I said, and the wonderful thing about it is, Two of our men went and got his testimony that he received the Lord before he died. And so he's in heaven waiting for you. And she said, Pastor, if he's in heaven, I don't want to go. What? She said, hey. she said, I don't want to go to heaven if he's there. I'm finally rid of it. I'm glad to, get, I'm, I'm glad to be rid of it. And, and, if, and if, it, if, if heaven is for him, that's not for me. I said, well, well I, I didn't know what to say. I'm kind of stumbling, stammering, you know. She said, I, she said, Pastor, you just don't know how mean a man he was. She said, I've told you things about him, but I've never told you even to scratch the surface of how bad he was. He was a mean, hateful, horrible person. Persecuted me all of my life. And she said, I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to spend any more time with him. I sure don't want to spend eternity with him. Don't even want to be in the same place that he is. Well, I hope he's not there because if he is, I'm going to have to make some other plans. I mean, and she's adamant about it. I'm saying, well, 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 
what, about, what, what would you say? Uh, well, uh, well, you know. And finally, well, I, I'm going to say, the Lord gave me what to say. I, the Lord gave me what to say. But I did not know how to answer that. And I'm stumbling and stumbling. And finally, in a pause, she paused for a few seconds, and I paused. I said, well, you know, actually, you're right. Now, I didn't know all this. And now that you told me this, you're right. He had he. He had no right to be in heaven, mess it up for you and taking all your joy out. He has no right to be in heaven. He doesn't deserve to be there. I agree with you. And this is where the Lord helped me. And then I said, but you know, you and I don't deserve it either. And I, in a few seconds, we were silent momentarily, and she said, Pastor, friends, I didn't say that, man, but God did. God's grace. God's grace is greater than your sin and my sin. Greater than his sin, greater than the sin of the thief on the cross, greater than the person who died unexpectedly, suddenly, and not prepared, unless he got prepared in those last few seconds. But I will give you this much and I'll ask you to give me this much, that God can save anybody like that. That quickly, that rapidly, that suddenly, that instantly, God, Savior, God, Deliverer, God, Redeemer, can bring people to Him in ways that you and I will never know and never understand. And if what I told her was true, he didn't deserve to be there. The second part was true also. She didn't deserve it, and neither did I. And I'll tell you the last part of that, you don't either. None of us deserves it. But God gave us what we did not deserve. He gave us salvation because he loved us so much. He overcame the sin and the degradation and the bondage of our life. 